Hello everyone, welcome to Peace Over Pieces, a podcast that interviews various survivors of abuse to help spread awareness. I'd like to welcome on the show our next podcast guests, Lucy Cantley and Camille Ray, otherwise known as Calamity Jane Official on social media. This music duo based out of Nashville is led by a violinist, Lucy, and complemented by the sultry vocals of Camille Ray. Together, they redefine genre with a fresh take on alternative country. Thanks for coming on the show, you guys. Yes, let us start with learning a little about you guys. We're just going to strip it down to where you're from and what you are doing now for a living. Sure. Uh, my name's Camille, and I'm originally from Kentucky. I have been in Nashville for about a decade almost. So, yeah, I've just been uh, just been doing a music thing for the past, well, I guess it's been seven years, and uh, doing some teaching, just anything to do with music I've been doing for for the past little bit here in Nashville, and Lucy and I met each other about a year ago and decided to start Calamity Jane, and it's history from there. And before jumping into your story, I'd like to mention, um, so with these two, I actually came across you guys. I was laying in bed um, on TikTok, of course, and they recently just went viral on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I actually saw them on TikTok only, and then I reached out to them the next... I think I believe it was like the next minute I was like, I have to DM them and try to get them on my podcast. And then after that, they went viral on Instagram. So if you just want to give a brief overview of what that TikTok was, and we can just dive into your story. <laughs> well, yeah, just some background, because this is like a pretty heavy topic for Camille. So sometimes I feel like it's easier when I give kind of the introduction and then she can get into the details. But of course, um, we, of course, are a duo, we're artists, we're singer-songwriters, musicians, but something that we also said in our video, one of our posts, which I think is important to establish, is we're also humans, of course, and we have lives just like everyone else, and we go through trauma and drama and broken relationships and all, all the things that we experience as humans. So Camille and I talked about, you know, as part of our brand being an artist is not just being an artist anymore it's not just being a musician um you're essentially becoming kind of a public figure you know if your career goes the way you want to go you're doing so many different things other than music and so we talked about early on when we formed calamity jane you know what what do we want our other platforms to be what are the things um you know the issues we want to get behind um organizations that we might might want to partner with and just issues that we want to talk about and support as part of our brand and um it was a pretty easy discussion to pinpoint actually because camille obviously has this really intense backstory of actually being in an abusive relationship that was not romantic so it's something right. very different than the type of abuse that a lot of people talk about which is usually within romantic relationships and especially between a man and a woman which this was not a, a man either so yes um we had just talked about you know what like this is part of our platform it's time to just talk about it it's been a really long time for her that since she's been able to open up about it i think and so that's what spurred us to start that conversation on social media and we did not truly did not expect it to go viral right um in many ways, I, I think it is going to end up being a positive thing. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the biggest reason why I reached out to you guys. It was very eye-opening to me because on this podcast, we normally have women and men in significant other you know, relationship abuse. So I was 
really wanting to talk to you guys just because abuse truly comes in all forms. And um, I'm sure the people listening, they're just like wondering what's going on. But yeah, we can just start with, you know, this is about your roommate, correct? Your previous roommate? Yeah. How old were you? And how did you become her roommate? Did you guys have a previous friendship before this? How did it all start? Um, well, I was in my late 20s when I moved to Nashville, but I had just gone through a divorce. So I knew no one. I moved here with like hardly any money in my bank account. I, I just had nothing. It was just kind of I moved. I, I decided to um, to take the take the leap after all those years. And when I got here, I just I didn't have many friends. Um, it's tough being in Nashville and trying to make your way. And so she, I became friends with her prior to moving in. And she was an amazing friend, like probably the best friend I'd ever had. And she was really? dependable. I leaned on her. I, I just opened myself up to this friendship. And honestly, my whole life, I never really had super close friendships because of, of doing music and always kind of being really extra weirdly busy as a child. Um, I just didn't make close connections. And I'm, I'm kind of a kind of an introvert at heart. Mm-hmm. And hard for me to trust people, but because of the vulnerability that I was dealing with with my divorce, I just opened myself up extra to this person that I normally wouldn't have. And our friendship went really great until we moved in together. And then that's when things kind of started becoming overbearing and toxic. And it was just, it was just, a, it was hard to have discretion because I was so emotionally tied up with everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it was just a very it just kind of happened and snowballed really quickly so you moved in and this is when you know things started changing between your friendship what were those red flags that began began to develop um well uh we actually um are going to post something kind of follow up about this on tiktok um very soon so anyone can watch if they you know if they want to kind of get a visual but um basically let me see. I, I, I get really scattered when I talk about no, this. No, it's so, okay. Take your time. Um, the What was the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we ended up working together, and she got into a position where she not – and we our social lives were intertwined, of course, because she was one of my only friends in Nashville, mm-hmm. and she had a friends of her own. So I became friends with those people, very close friendships with people that she knew. So every one of my friendships were mutual with hers pretty much. And then she, we started working together and she had access to all of my professional contacts and she kind of became in charge of my uh, career development. And so she could hold over my head, um, my career. So if I didn't do what she wanted me to do, she would threaten to, you know, call this person that we just started a radio campaign with or something professional that she could just end. And she mm-hmm. really could have done that. So Um, that was in my career. I mean, that's what I've been focusing on since I was three years old. So it was really important to me to, to build a career and for, to maintain professionalism within that. So, um, that was a big threat to me. And then another red flag was that once, once again, most of my friendships at the time or the friendships that I could actually tangibly connect with at the time were through her. And she began to isolate me slowly from everyone I knew, starting with um, the guy that I was dating at the time. And I would usually spend, you know, every other weekend with him. The first weekend that I went to spend with him after we moved in, she just became really, really just possessive of me and just 
calling me names, telling me that I was a bad friend, that I was I was a whore for going to visit my boyfriend and not staying with her when she needed me. And I was really just kind of confused as to what she was even talking about. Yeah. Um, and so that started, and then it was really strange, and I thought maybe I should move out um, then, but of course she was my friend and I cared about her, so she explained herself out of that situation, and I continued to live with her. So red flag. I'm just really intertwining myself completely professionally and personally with someone or just one person is, is always a mistake, no matter what. Um, and then just, just allowing that isolation to start happening and not really doing anything about it or standing up for myself. Right. Those were the red flags that kind of popped up. Just cutting in. No, yeah. <laughs> just saying, uh, one of the other things that we put in the video that we're going to post today is that, um, you know, just be aware, like a red flag is levels of jealousy if there's someone in your life who gets really really jealous or angry or possessive when you hang out with other people yeah um just keep an eye on that and and make sure that doesn't get out of control or pay attention to the fact that you have other people in your life you, you can lean on other than that one person of course yes i agree and just as any abusive relationships they normally start out you know as a great friendship or relationship and you never see it coming and then you don't realize when you're in this bubble with it um, so it's hard to detach yourself from that situation so I'm just extremely intrigued by you know what flipped in her do you guys know if she has any history of mental illness was she you know was it a romantic thing that made her possessive what do you think or what is your theory about it was never aware like when we first moved in first became friends I had I didn't know anything about her you know any kind of mental illness in her past of course you know that's something that she didn't talk about I just I don't know what all I want to say honestly about everything I feel like there might have been um a little bit of rom romantic feelings on her side of things um mm -hmm. and that was the main reason why she was so possessive mm -hmm. but it was never ever told me that she never made that known to me until I kind of found that out after, after everything was over. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think there was a undertone for sure. Something else I could just say from obviously being friends with Camille and having heard about the situation, we also wanted to make really clear in this campaign that of course, abuse awareness, mental health awareness are both very important and sort of intertwined subjects a lot mm -hmm. but we you know to her knowledge it was never made clear or established that there was any history of mental illness that there was any formal diagnosis so that's something I feel like we can't even speak to like you just didn't know yeah um so maybe maybe yes maybe no either way what we thought was important was just spreading the awareness of how common this is in relationships that aren't romantic of course. and telling the story in a way where, um, you know, it's, it's jarring, it's kind of traumatizing, but uh, there's so many people in similar situations mm -hmm. that reached out to us and were like, Oh my gosh, I thought it was just me. And for Camille, I think it was just wanting people to see this is what happened. If this is happening to you, you're not crazy. Yes. Be aware unhealthy and you know I like I mentioned just intertwining my life so much that when we would have like most of the time when this kind of thing would happen I I could not get the door locked so she was in the room with me mm -hmm. if that if you could just put that into perspective mm -hmm. um so 
very unhealthy, very dangerous. Um, and when I would reach out to friends and, and try to tell them, even not really even tell them the depth of what was happening, but that I felt like I needed help and I needed someone to talk to, they would then go to her and tell her what I said because it was all a mutual friendship. Oh, yeah. They thought that I was training her. Um, and so this is just to show that there are other sources of help out there. You know, we, we put some things on our, on our Instagram or on our bios, um, TikTok, Instagram, talking about hotlines you can reach out to. Um, because it's, it is a very isolating thing and people don't believe you. Oh people yeah. do not believe when you tell them that your roommate's abusing you. They just kind of look at you funny or they think that you're making it up or you're exaggerating. Um, and it just, it builds, in my case, it just built drama for someone to go gossip about what I said. And it was just a nightmare. I couldn't, I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, I felt very, very trapped in my situation, even though I, I wasn't trapped, I felt trapped. And I feel like the people that are reaching out to us are in that same mindset because it, it's not a man beating them um, or an authority, any kind of authority figure beating them or mm -hmm. abusing them or their roommate that they have a choice to be friends with, yet you're still trapped in this, in this thing you can't get out of. Yeah, that's super powerful. All, but it's, it's just a very a very complicated mix of emotions when you're in a situation like this. Truly appreciate you coming on here and spreading this awareness because the whole point of this nonprofit is just to kill the stigmas and not make, you know, the survivors feel like they're crazy and they're not alone. And I'm sure yeah. there are millions of cases similar to this, but this is something special and unique that isn't spoke about very often. So I guess the next question would be, you know, what was the tipping point for you? How did you get away from this situation and in this relationship with your roommate? Well, people, you know, and I ask myself, I have a lot of, of self-guilt and why I stuck around so long. And it was because of the career aspect of it. Um, the friendship was going down the drain and I, I kind of realized that Maybe we never had a friendship to begin with. Maybe it was all, it was probably always toxic and unhealthy. So that's kind of a, kind of a hit in the face that, you know, you spent so much time trying to help someone in, in the only way you know how, and then you realize that, you know, they just abused you for years. Mm -hmm. um, career kept me there because I felt like that's the only thing I had left. And I've been literally singing, working toward this music career since I was a three-year-old child. So um, I stuck with it, trying to civilly separate myself from this. And I had to wait until there was a period of time because no one saw this. It was completely behind closed doors. Right. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to hurt anyone professionally. I didn't want to hurt myself professionally. So I just thought I could deal with it and get out of it on my own. But eventually it came out into the open on her part and people kind of saw her true colors, I guess you could say. And so I had a close, a close group of friends and kind of business, business partners at the time, um, that kind of saw through it. And they're like, you know, we're so sorry that we didn't believe you. We're sorry that we didn't see this, which it wasn't their fault. You know, it's never anyone's fault particularly, but, um, I finally had a support system. I felt like I could lean on. And I also honestly came to a point where, I knew that if I didn't get out, I was going to be harmed 
possibly my either because I was dealing with was mental illness at this time. Mm-hmm. I was decrepit. I was completely isolated from my family. I didn't think anyone cared about me. And so I was like, I'm going to die one way or the other if mm-hmm. I don't get out of this. And I had to say, if it does end my career, then it ends it. And I basically fled the situation. I had enough, I had my suitcase and enough money and my wallet in my car and I just left everything and, and I fled the situation. And the breaking point with just knowing that I wasn't gonna make it out of this if I stayed any longer. Yeah. And I wish that I'd left sooner, but you know, in retrospect, you can only you can only say you shoulda, coulda, woulda done something. And I don't know, it was it was just it was a very dramatic situation, but it, it was real. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I just knew I'd get out. Otherwise, I was I was not gonna make it out of there. It's hard to hear, you know, survivors tell their story because, from my perspective, you're in fault of nothing and. You should not feel guilty, but the natural feeling that survivors get is just guilt. And like, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I do this? But what sucks about it is the person abusing you, they don't have, you know, that mind of sympathy. They're not thinking like you're thinking. And it's hard because survivors, the trauma they get from it, the guilt and the thoughts that stay with them, that can be worse than how you felt when you were in the abuse. Um, And that sticks with you for a long time and you're super strong you're super brave and inspiring and especially sharing your story it's going to help people realize like wow I'm not crazy and it's okay that I went through that that doesn't make me less of a person it makes me stronger um so overall would you say you deal with trauma or anxiety from experiencing this pretty regularly and what advice would you give to those who went through a similar situation and how can you you know cope with that anxiety well I put this behind me, I mean, up until the past, like, week, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like, and it was bright in my face again, but I put it behind me, and, but it took about, it took a good year, because I went through, I went through legal, legal stuff with, with this person as well, um, to legally separate things, because, of course, we, we had some, you know, some professional ties, um, but it took about a year for me to, to feel safe, I mean, and to build a community around me that were real friends, that were real, um, were real support system. And I remember there was probably, I don't know, it was close to a year after, after I had completely left the situation. And I looked around, you know, uh, looked around myself and my friends and my family. And I realized that everyone in my life loved and accepted me for me. And they didn't want anything in return. They didn't have any expectations of who I should be. I wasn't disappointing anyone by just being alive. Um, and I realized that I had a real support system and a real tribe of people around me that I could lean on. And I knew that I wasn't really expecting like this person to show up at my door and, you know, knock it down. Sometimes I feared that, but I knew that really realistically wouldn't happen, but I knew that I wasn't alone. And I'd shared, I'd shared my story with, with people and people knew my situation and there was no judgment there. So I had to see that I, like you said, I wasn't crazy. I had to see that this wasn't an embarrassing thing that I just gotten myself into and couldn't get out of and that people really did love and care for me. Um, but with, as far as PTSD, I know this, like when I watch, this is kind of a silly thing, but 
when I watch like Lifetime movies, because <laughs> I love Lifetime movies, mm-hmm. of someone being held captive or someone being abused, I feel that. And even if it's a silly, dramatized movie, I feel it. And Absolutely. I know how that person feels. So when I watch and, or listen to any kind of podcast or anything that where someone's been in a, in a similar situation or any kind of abusive situation, I go back to that feeling, which is the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. It's the worst emotion I've ever had in my life to feel trapped like that. Um, so I do still experience it here and there. And it's just, it's not, I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared at all. I used to be. Um, but I do still deal with just the fact that it happened at all. Um, thinking about it, still feeling a little guilty of, of my, you know, cause I, I had actions in there that I'm not proud of. You know, I, I acted in ways that I shouldn't have acted because I was, you know, in this situation trying to get out of it. I wish I'd handled things differently. So just little things like that. Um, right. But for someone going through this or just getting out of the situation, and I, I talked to an individual that, that messaged us and was asking the same question. My biggest advice would be to just surround yourself with people that love you. And then you're going to see that you're going to see your self-worth. You're going to see that you have someone to lean on and you don't have to be scared of, of someone like this that has absolutely no credibility, that has no hold on you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just bully, an adult bully that made your life miserable, um, that you were trying to be there for. And you don't have to be scared of that. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Again, just your story. It's going to open up a whole realm um, we haven't touched on in the podcast, so I'm very grateful for that. Honestly, we covered pretty much all my questions. Um, If we can just close with maybe something you would tell yourself when you were in that situation, coming from the person you are now, do you have anything you would specifically tell her? (laughs) Well, if I were in... I know for a fact that I wouldn't be in that situation now because I've grown a lot. But (laughs) what I would tell myself is that pretty much all that you're hearing, all the negativity that's coming at you from this person is a lie. It is a lie. Nothing bad is... The things that you think are going to happen to you if you you try to leave, probably 99.9% not going to happen. Um, Just trust your gut and take care of yourself because that's the most important thing. And I wish that I had listened to myself and not been so scared to make a move uh, because I could have done it sooner and I would have been a much happier person much sooner. Absolutely. And Clara, if I could add on to your question about PTSD, because obviously this is my like very best friend and yes. I did not I was not in this situation myself and Camille and I didn't even know each other when this was happening, but, um, I can say just as an outsider, but someone who like deeply cares for her well-being, um, I could see just visibly how painful this still is now. Mm -hmm. And that's four years later. And that's still something that she's carrying. And even this week with, all this, you know, viral success. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> word to use. It's like yeah. such a topic mm-hmm. that we we weren't expecting to get all of this traction all of a sudden on it. I mean, again, in a way it is a good thing. It's our goal to, it's our goal to bring things like this to light. However, it was just such a quick turnaround. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. It was just like an over 
overnight all of a sudden and I could see like when I told Camille I was like dude this video is like going viral right now and she was like I feel sick to my stomach yeah automatically I was actually at a meeting um at like a like a meeting I, I work for some venues here and I was like I was in a meeting and I automatically started to feel oh of course not, I was like, not even knowing why and the whole the rest of the day I was just like sick to my stomach I got a migraine headache like it was it's like all this pent-up stress and PTSD that you don't even know is there. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Resurfaced. Yeah. And then I, like, secondhand feel like I started feeling that, too. And uh -huh. we basically both your week of having really mixed emotions about this whole thing because it's a, a subject that is not addressed. We've had hundreds and hundreds of comments from people being like, oh, my gosh, this happened to me. Same thing with a roommate, same thing yeah. with a girlfriend. So that's great to see. But um, yeah, it was just overwhelming. And I, I think in a, in a way, probably this, this will be with you your whole life. Oh, yeah. Know? And you know, and, and another thing, if, if you have time, just like thinking back on it, this, this situation brought up a side of me when I would, you know, be, when I would feel trapped or feel scared or get angry and, and, defend myself if I had to, I had never, ever even raised my voice in another human before this. I had yeah. any physical altercation with anyone in my whole entire life, never. I'd always been the mediator, I'd always handled everyone else's problems, I was always, you know, calm and collected, and this person would not respond to any kind of reason. And so I was in this in this horrible entrapment for four years, thinking that I had become this horrible person, that I had become this different human being because I was reacting to what was being thrown at me. And then when I got out of the situation, I was right back to being the same girl I'd always been. And I have not had any, I haven't yelled at anyone. Mm -hmm. And I have not raised my voice in, a, in an argument in, well, since four or five years since this was, over. Um, I definitely have not had any kind of physical altercations whatsoever. Um, so it's like, I realized that even though I was in the situation and I was contributing to the toxicity in my own way, I'm not that person. Right. I know who I am. And seeing that now in retrospect, it just, it's mind blowing almost. I love that so much. Um, I got chills and I'm a little mind blown because I love the comparison you made to who you are. I mean, what you were going through compared to the person you actually, like, you know you are. And I don't know, I, I was raised personally with severe abuse from my, my dad and him towards my mom. And um, he made her feel very low. And I remember, like, finally when we were out of this abusive situation, the first thing my mom said was, like, wow, I don't feel ugly anymore. I don't feel like I'm crazy. I don't feel all these things that he told me I was every single day of my life. And she went straight back to just this bubbly life of the party, just a happy woman. And it's just crazy how like manipulation really can take over your mental health, your mentality on who you are. Um, and I think yeah. people who haven't been abused they can't wrap their mind around how like abuse is trapping and words are trapping emotional trauma can be suffocating um so yeah I love that you made that contrast and yeah I'm it's just amazing sorry that, you, that you went through that I'm glad that you're out and, and healthy now oh thank you and same to you but 
Yeah, you you two definitely are helping reveal the whole of the world of abuse awareness today. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time to tell your story and you're using your platform in such a positive way. Like you you guys easily could have deleted that TikTok and just like, oh no, this is not happening. And you know, you're not ready to share your story and I know it's hard. But again, just thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this. I can't wait to see messages and share it with you guys um, who reaches out. And yeah, I just hope moving forward, um, you know, you guys, the best of luck. And you guys, again, are just using your platform in such a great way. So thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate you, you reaching out. This has been really nice and healing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was nervous about this. I'm not going to lie, but it was, it's a good thing. It's, it's a very positive way to get things out. So thanks for for giving me that outlet today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's therapy for me personally. When I keep talking about it, it becomes just more, I don't know, at peace. So I hope that has the same effect on you. But um, closing this out, could you please let everyone know where they can reach you if they're listening to this, your social media handles, um, anything like that? Yeah, well, we're Calamity Jane. We're a duo based out of Nashville. And all of our socials are Calamity Jane Official website, TikTok, Instagram. A lot of people have messaged us on, on Instagram. So Calamity Jane Official, feel free to send us a note or a comment and love to hear from you for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Hope you have a great one. You too. Thanks, Clara. You too. Thank you.